Hey, I'm Jerry Springer. I'm Gene Galvin. And we're the Elevator Comics. We perform in some of the best elevators in the country, telling eye-watering jokes in as few as two floors. But we want to entertain a car full of conventioneers stuck on the 14th floor for 40 minutes. Call your favorite hotel and tell them that you want the Elevator Comics on your next ride. We're the hottest new act in the laughing world. I seen Springer and Galvin in a hotel elevator in Jackson, Mississippi, and they was hilarious. Best two-floor ride of my life. Hey, Jerry, what were you saying to that guy in the lobby? He was telling me you just bought the best hearing aid money can buy. I said, yeah, what kind is it? He said, four o'clock. The elevator comics were fast, topical, and usually family-friendly. But when the sun goes down, so do we. Our sizzling adult set starts nightly at nine. The elevator comics. You'll never take the stairs again. Guy says to me the other day on one of the rides, ballroom, please. I said, sorry, I didn't know I was crowding you. (laughs) Okay, sixth floor, folks. Enjoy your stay and call the front desk if you need extra towels. Watch your step getting off. We've got to pay the insurance bill. Elevator comics are brought to you by Up and Down Productions. Welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer. Along with Gene Galvin and me, I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. And welcome him back, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jerry Springer. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. You know, I was uh, this week doing the uh, tour of the uh, Price is Right. I do the national tour, and we go to theaters and casinos uh, around the country. And I, I, I tried the, uh, you know, now that I'm an officially an elevator comic. Yeah. It, I'll be honest, Gene, it doesn't work alone. It doesn't. I need <laughs> yeah. No. Because I kept waiting for someone in the elevator to ask me about the guy with the hearing aid. Yeah. I was going up and down for like <laughs> three hours. Finally, I got off. I had to go to the bathroom. The reality is it's blowing up. Oh. I'm getting like, calls, yeah. calls, calls. From hotels all around the country. All over the country. Yeah. Oh, my. And it, you know what? It made me think of something. Uh, well, that's rare. And, and, and this part, this part is is dead serious. Well, no pun on using the word dead. But my uncle, ninety three year old uncle. Now this is true. You know oh, this because I told oh, you. this. now I feel badly. My uncle Joe. Yeah. Sorry. And I love this guy. I was very close to my uncle Joe, and he was truly uh, part of the greatest generation. Sure. Age mm. seventeen, Megan. I swear this is not. I a swear to joke. God. I, okay. my, listen, my cousins <laughs> would kill me if they're listening, and because I'm not making fun of this. Yeah. Age 17, my uncle goes into the Marine Corps, you know, had to badger his immigrant parents to sign. He was underage. He fought in all in the South Pacific. But Saipan went up Iwo Jima Hill, blah, blah, blah. To me, he was a hero. Yep. And then I had a great life with this guy for our entire life. He was my mom's brother. He raised four wonderful daughters. And when he died... And I was around in that the closing period, along obviously with his kids. And they said at the end, "Would you do the eulogy?" And I said, "I I gulped, and I, of course I wanted to. I would be honored to do it. And I thought I can't get through this." Yeah. And I told him, "I said uh, yes, I'll do it. I don't know if I can get through it." And they said, "Please do it because none of us can. You can you do this?" And I. And I did it, and it was very, very hard. Cried multiple yeah. times through it. Sat down the printed speech, did it from the heart. And 
and it felt really good when I was done. And the people told me that they, you know, that it yeah. w was very good. And then I got some distance between that event and a thought of a business plan. And the business idea is you a company called plans. Eulogies Are Us. <clears throat> no. No. Megan, you did yeah. own you in college, you Megan. Turn into a <laughs> well, so right? spawn the business so, idea. Why am I getting blamed for wait something? Wait a minute, you're in on a squeeze in college. You you did singing telegram. I did. You paid for part yeah. of your college doing that. I did. Yep. You're a public speaker. You're <laughs> a public speaker. I'm kind of a public speaker. Yeah. I propose we put together a company, Eulogies Are Us, and we can be hired to do the eulogy for your loved one. Do we have to know them? Not particularly. I mean, we'll just say we did, oh and God. you give us some talking points, and we'll put together a eulogy. I'm going to need you to stop. So you'll, stop. And you'll do some. <laughs> yeah. He'll do some. So I, you heard the Elevator Comics commercial at the top of the you, show. You, you're putting together a commercial? Right behind it, there's one for Eulogies Are Us. Oh, we're going to get a lot of calls. Because look at the companies we yeah. have put on the map. Uh, the Ludlow City Bus. Ludlow City Bus. Yeah. It's down. It's down yeah. this week. Yeah. It's, it's not down. running this week. But <laughs> By the way, it's here for John from New York City over yeah. here. Yeah. So John He, he came actually through. came from New York City. He's passing the, through the city. And, and decided to come to the show. Yeah. And he tried to catch the Ludlow City bus. And, and he's it, all on me about, and it turns well, where's out. the bus? I waited at the bus stop, and <laughs> yeah. I said, dude, they, yeah. they had a wheel problem. <laughs> they have to order the wheel on days that from another country. <laughs> so eulogies are us. Yeah, I've got a commercial. Go. I'll yeah. be scripting it, and we'll, we'll record yeah. that What do the financials week? look like for that Oh, change? they look good. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just a lot of any business. Well, we should have some risk. It's a guess. We should have some. We could have some sample eulogies. To oh give people an idea. Oh my like, gosh. write. No, I just thought of it. Do not write my eulogy. No. <laughs> oh. Actually, oh, I'm on no. I wouldn't eulogy. mind a crack at that no. myself. I, I'm <laughs> writing your no. eulogy. I, I will financially. And we're going to tell the truth <laughs> in no. the eulogy. No, there's no room for the truth. <laughs> uh, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but maybe what you should do is start with like maybe historical figures where it's already been done. You can't really, you can't insult anyone that's alive. Yeah. You know, maybe start with yeah. Abraham Lincoln. We'll see how you do with that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I told you. To the table I told we'll you. We, did, we actually bought a plot. This is such a happy way to start. I know. The, you did. The show. Yeah, we, we, uh, actually, my true. uncle's death made Bonnie and me think, should we We actually bought it. We went with Katie. We sat there. We did. Really? Yeah. Did you end up we picking actually one? Did. It's a, in Evanston, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. A bench that we can, Megan and I can come they'll sit be, on. They're, they're <laughs> tree, the sun sets behind. There are trees and a bench, and my headstone says I won't be right back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's really cute yeah, if you're planning on doing that. It was just a setup. <laughs> no, actually, it's, it's, it's the, the head sounds a joke, but the rest, of, we actually did buy one. And once you leave, then no one's talking. You know, it's, it's like we drove back, and it was like the car was silent <laughs> and said, how do we cheer up why this day? Yeah, yeah, why do we do We're, oh, We will yeah. use cremation because we're green. We don't need it. You were going to take up some space and dig a big hole and blah, blah, blah. After gonna, all my contributions to society, you <laughs> yeah. can't give me six, six feet? <laughs> six feet of dirt? Yeah. Throw Excuse mine. me. <laughs> throw mine on the backpack trail out at East Fork State Park right. outside of Cincinnati. I don't know. Megan, I, if you I'm do that, I'm... if I'm still around and if you do that, I would like some of the ashes and put it in one of my cigars. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> 
like that. All these years, and I I'll like smoke you. I like that, Karen. Yeah. Like what is wrong with you two? I just, I can't. Speaking oh. of eulogies, God yeah. bless the University of Kentucky oh, basketball team. Yes. so mean, Gene. And my Xavier University's basketball team. Yeah. Because we both lost in the Elite Eight of the NCAA <sighs> tournament. Yeah. UK Good hurt. runs for both of us. But the difference is Xavier hardly made it into the tournament and then yeah. made this great run. I'd UK say, expects to win everything, every and they're year. all pissed off that they got knocked out <laughs> in the Elite Eight. It's Truth be told, yeah, it's, it's not good points. enough for UK. Yeah, I know, it's, it's not, not good enough. It's real good for Xavier. It's yeah, adorable. See, see. <laughs> Actually, I picked him. I did really well in my bracket because of them until UK lost. Yeah. I love the tournament. It's not like I'm this huge basketball fan, but I really get excited when the tournament comes. And not for so the bracket, fun. but just the idea that it's one and out. Mm-hmm. And these college kids, you could have a great team all year, and it's just yep. you missed the final shot. You know, what does that mean? It doesn't mean you're worse than the other guy. You just missed that shot. And it, it's so exciting. That's it so is. true. Yeah. Hey, I wanted to ask you something, Jerry. I was thinking the other day, something <clears throat> made me think of a time that you spoke, gave a great talk, very serious talk. It was a political talk at the Clinton Library, Little oh, Rock, Arkansas, Little Rock, yeah. University of Arkansas, if I'm not mistaken, is where that's located. <clears throat> and... I was the entourage of one, as I often do in these political things. So I'm <laughs> down there. And, and uh, Jerry, uh, and remember Mike Ford, God rest yeah. his soul, always would ask me how you did. Yeah. He wouldn't ask you. Yeah. No. Ah, how do you do, Gene? And they, you yeah, know, he what needs to be yeah. cleaned up. And yeah. <laughs> anyway, the talk ended, and the guys that were running the Clinton Library, so this is the foundation. Well, it's the Clinton Library. It may mm. be different from the foundation. And... They said, uh, we're going to go out to dinner. Oh, right. We, we went. That's fine. You know, and they're going to lead the way. And, Megan, they took us to this place in the inner city of Little Rock, Arkansas, called Doe's Eat Place. D-O-E apostrophe S, Eat Place. Okay. We get there, and it's, you know, this funky little divey-looking place. And we walked in the door. You remember this, Jerry? And there were red and white check tablecloths. Yeah. And there were people sitting there eating, and we started to move to a table, and they said, no, 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 we're not going there. And they took us in the back room to the kitchen. Right, he said it. And what was in that? There was a long table in the kitchen, and that is the kitchen where Bill Clinton. uh, George Stephanopoulos. Right, uh, Hamilton Jordan. um, Paul Begala. Paul Begala. The whole. Nightly. They would, would eat around that same picnic table. Yeah. Wasn't and that amazing? It was in the stories they told, which we can't repeat here, but <laughs> a great. Yeah, but it was a really yeah. down-home That's place. That's really neat. Yeah. yeah. It was very what cool. What did you have? Do you yeah. remember? Oh, it was a ribs place. No. Oh. Yeah. oh and, they, and what they did, like right there, you Arkansas could almost reach out, was the, what were the ovens and yeah. the stoves. Yeah. yeah. And they were cooking for the people out in the restaurant. And they bought me the ribs and the ribs of pork. And I said, uh, you know, ah, just quietly, I said, they I don't eat pork. They say, hey, boy, why are you not eating pork? <laughs> God, that's I said, right. well, I'm Jewish. <laughs> I had a whisper. I'm, I'm Jewish. I'm Jew. What? <laughs> we why got come? One. Hey, Elmer, what's that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, then I think they got some beef ribs, or maybe they knew yeah. to do that from the beginning. But, yeah. oh, that was But it. they kept staring at me the rest of the time. <laughs> Yeah. I knew you were Jerry Springer, but I didn't. They'd look at my nose. They'd look at my nose. <laughs> 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 they'd look 
picture though. Uh, <laughs> that was very cool. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Hey, uh, Trump Care died mm-hmm. yeah. a few days ago. Oh my God. Well, who would have thought that would be the reaction? Yeah. Right now? yeah, yeah. And this crowd, that's weird. Yeah, that, that was yeah. a eulogy. Yeah. yeah. See, there you go. And I got a plot for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was your take on all of that? Well, as you when you say just, I thought about it just for the at the second when you said Trump Care died. Um, so did the Trump presidency. Um, I think it's over. I'm I'm not saying he's going to be impeached. That's a separate issue. And he's not going to be impeached unless the Russian investigation comes up with, you know, a, a major crime. Otherwise, with the Republican Congress, he's not going to be impeached. So my view is let's get off of that. You know, if something major happens, then the whole country will be for it and it won't be a problem. But so I think he survives the four years. But the presidency is over. And we now see... And the whole country, even those people that supported him, you know, the emperor has no clothes. We see that there's nothing there. Now, when I say the Trump presidency is, is dead, it's finished, it, 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 he's finished as the, you know, he's just a figurehead now. They're going to send him out to speak at a rally. But no serious person in the administration or out is going to be going to him for advice on how to get a piece of legislation passed or what, you know, it's, it's just not going to happen anymore. And think about how this came about. We all knew, even people who supported Trump, they would agree, they're not going to argue with it, that he was a bra- that he's a braggart, that he's rude, that he lies, that he's a narcissist. Uh, he's many, uh, oftentimes childlike. My hands are bigger than yours. I mean, just all this really, eight, you know, junior high school humor. And... And we kind of also knew, by the way, that he didn't know much about policy. I mean, that was always, you know, even when you have, you watch these cable shows and they always have a Republican consultant up there, as they should, and they're always saying, well, no, he's not a policy wonk, that's not his thing, et cetera. So we all knew that. And yet, a whole bunch of people decided to still vote for him because the one argument you always got is that He's a man's man. He's not going to be pushed around. He's strong. He's going to get things done. He can close the deal. None of this mamby-pamby politician stuff. He says it like it is, and he gets it done because he can close the deal. And now, last Friday, that all fell apart because very clearly he was so outclassed, so humiliated, He could not close the deal. And he could not close the deal because he knew nothing about the bill that he was supposed to be promoting. And that's not me trying to be a wise guy here. He really didn't know anything about it. And, you know, Lyndon Johnson was probably the best at this about, you know, you bring him into the White House, into the Oval Office, and twisting arms. But the difference was with Lyndon Johnson, when he brought you into the Oval Office and twisted arms to get a civil rights bill through or whatever it was he was trying to get through, you knew that there was nothing about that piece of legislation that Lyndon Johnson didn't know. 
The problem Trump ran into, even when he brought them all in, is these congressmen, we may not like what some of them say or believe, but most of them are pretty well-versed. I mean, if, if that's your job every day, after a while, you become pretty well-versed in legislation. So every congressman he talked to, every arm he tried to twist, the person whose arm that was knew more about the issue than Trump did. And so he had nothing to say. The meetings, I can't wait till the books come out about those meetings. Because it was, it's probably all these cliches. Hey, we got to get this done, man. You got to stand with me. Yeah, we got to show them. We promised, whatever. And yet there was no reason, no congressperson is going to turn their back, his or her back, on the constituency before another election comes up just to have Trump save face. They feel no loyalty towards Trump. Trump was an outsider who came to the party and said, I want to be president. I've never been a president before. Can I be president? So, <laughs> so they don't, you know, there's no, there's no connection. And it was so obvious in all these uh, interviews. And now, when push came to shove, talking about how weak he is and why his presidency is over, he had a Republican Congress, a Republican Senate, a Republican White House, a Republican Secretary of uh, Health and Human Services. He had everything on his side. Every single speech he gave since the day he came down that escalator has been day one. Re repeal and replace Obamacare. And you could see when he said Obamacare, the smirk on his face, the, almost drooling his hatred of that because it was a great political, you know, bone to throw to the, to the base. Yeah, we're going to get rid of Obamacare. He couldn't even deliver on the number one promise, along with the wall, which he's not able to deliver to because he found out Mexico's not going to pay for it, and the block of, on immigration, which he's not able to do either because the courts have stopped him. In other words, in fairness, this is a totally failed presidency. And your first two months are supposed to be the honeymoon where whatever your major piece of legislation is, everybody gives you the benefit of the doubt. He's just been elected president. Let him get through his signature piece of legislation. And virtually Democrat or Republican, every president gets to do that. And he couldn't even get that done. So he's weak. But it wasn't just his weakness that caused the bill to fail. It was also because, once again, he lied to his constituency. He said, and, and frankly, those of us who are left of center, we kind of liked, that was the one thing I liked about Trump. I said, well, if he gets in, he was the one going around saying, I promise you no one's going to die on the streets. It's going to be health insurance for everybody. And yet, because he didn't even know what was in the bill, he was pushing a bill which would take about 24 million people over the next decade off of health insurance and raise the premium so high that poorer people would just have to, middle-income people would have to just drop out. So he was doing all the things he promised people he wasn't going to do. The middle class. The working class, the rural areas who need it the most, 
So he, he turned his back on them, and I don't even know if he did it on purpose. He didn't know what was in the bill. His presidency is over. Let me end with some more good news. <laughs> the name of this company that we put together, uh, you know, to do the podcast, you know, we had to incorporate just for legal reasons, whatever, is called Liberals Always Win. That's the name of our company. And truthfully, for this last year, there have been a lot of smirks about, oh, yeah, liberals always win. What happened in November? Like when I go to the bank to deposit checks. Yeah, it's, that's, oh, always yeah. A, that's always a lot of fun. Yeah. Always. Yes. <laughs> they all say liberals always win, and you see the bank teller go, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but it's great. <laughs> the, and by the way, even in the election, three million more people voted for Hillary, yeah, so liberals do really always did. win. Yeah. But here's the point about liberals always winning and why this is an easy call for me. Every decade in American history, certainly since the Second World War, let's go since, no, let's go since the First World War. Every decade, America becomes more liberal than the decade before. Every issue, you know, in the beginning, the conservatives were fighting Social Security, oh, that'll be communism, and now if you take Social Security away from someone, boom. Uh, in the beginning, uh, conservatives fought against civil rights, and, you know, we obviously made progress, including an African-American president, and we've made progress in civil rights. We're not there yet, I get it, but clearly the liberals won on that. Uh, women's rights, gay rights, working people's rights, the, uh, uh, the fact that there is a minimum wage, the fact that they are laws against child labor. Everything liberals have pushed for in the last 75 years starts out conservatives against it, and the liberals are the wackos that are having these demonstrations. And in the end, it becomes mainstream, gay rights. Can you believe 10 years ago if someone would have told you that you could have gay marriage in America? There wasn't a politician who would touch it. And now it's a law of the land, and Republicans are afraid to go there, most of them, because woof. So, liberals always win. And here's the best news about what happened last week. You can now rest on this. There'll be battles. But the idea that Americans should have health insurance, that it is a right, is now part of our DNA. The lesson we just got that every Republican understands that ever held a town hall meeting. You can be conservative, you can be Republican, but don't dare take away people's health insurance. That really touched a nerve. And now it'll be just like Social Security. If you're a Republican running for office, you don't dare say we're going to do away with Social Security. You don't dare say you're going to do away with Medicare for the senior citizens. And we've reached the point now where you can't even say you're going to take away people's health insurance. That is the victory, the best thing about the demise of the Trump presidency. Good one, Jerry. As we ask the Queen City Silver Stars to come up into place, we're going to tell you about them. 
Let me just mention, Megan and Jerry, yeah, tonight <laughs> is our two-year podcast it anniversary. Is. Really? Yes. yes. Oh, oh. For our next anniversary, let's have the cameras working. Yeah. <laughs> oh. That really, I can't believe it's been two years. It yeah, really is years. crazy. Really? Yeah. Very cool, yeah. yeah. And, I, and, and we haven't changed at all. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, for those not watching on Facebook Live, Jerry's pulling his face into like a facelift thing, I guess you're doing. Well, I was thinking of getting a facelift. A poor man's facelift? Yeah, well, yeah. a poor man's face, I heard it's cheaper to get your body lowered. So... <laughs> So I'm going to do that. Boom, boom. It just hey. ke- they, the hits keep coming, ladies and gentlemen. It's true. We have a, quite a crowd tonight, but we I do. saw yeah. you were slow getting in here. It was a guy in the oh back as we came Stop. in, elderly gentleman. It what was the same guy about? on our commercial. Yeah, what was that all about? It's the same guy wherever I go. It was the same thing this weekend. Yeah. And uh, by the way, I, I told that same story. Yeah. Surprisingly. Right. Shocking. I'm um, shocking. Yeah. The older guy with the hearing aid. Mm-hmm. Well, what was that conversation all about? Well, he's just the sweetest man. And he, he says, does. Jerry, and he's kind of shaking and he's holding my arm. Look, I got a new hearing aid. It's the finest hearing aid money can buy. I said, yeah. What kind is it? He said, four o'clock. Nope. Okay. If you so, keep laughing, uh, we keep just ran that on the, the commercial. Joke. Why would you ask me to do it know. again? Good. <laughs> You're throwing me under the bus, the Ludlow bus, but you're throwing me under the bus. Oh, my God. Hey, what's your wife's favorite wine? No. (laughs) I want to go to Miami. Uh, Hey, we have the uh, Queen City (laughs) Silver Star, Cincinnati, Ohio. Let's hear it for them. Whoa. And now for something we hope you'll really like. This is a group, if you're not uh, seeing this on Facebook Live, which is video, uh, one, two, three, four members, and I'm looking at a steel drum. That's very cool. Yeah. Kind of a Caribbean folk music yeah. uh, thing, and kind of like Mumford and Sons, where there's this mix of instruments. Uh, banjo, which is an old school Appalachian instrument, well, at least in terms of folk music and bluegrass, and a bass and a drummer. This is cool. Uh, do us a song, and then we'll talk on the other side. All right. Say la vie Oh, now And I've been, been 
edge of a movie scene You've been, been, given, been, given All my good lines to me The Queen City Silver Stars, uh, Caribbean folk music, I guess you would call it. So we have Mark and Chris and Nick and Matt and Bart, uh, Mark Becknell is sort of the spokesman for the group, I think, and yep. the front man yep. for it. Yep. And you guys are performing here at the Folk School Coffee Parlor on April 29th, correct? We are. Uh, we're doing this... Um well, funny you were talking about the banjo earlier. Uh, yeah. Banjo is actually an instrument. I mean, came from Africa, spread through the Caribbean, yep. uh, came to the United States. So uh, when I was when I got into this style of music, I looked at a lot of old folk music, and there was this Jamaican folk style called Mento, which actually had a banjo in it and a guitar and some light percussion and stuff like that. So I kind of got into that, and I uh, talked to Casey, and we're going to do kind of like a uh, folk music of the Caribbean show. So nice. a lot of like That's Mento awesome. and Calypso, wow. like um, kind of really laid back, just like you're hanging out on the beach 
Oh, uh, perfect. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. We should have taken you to Cuba, Cuba. instead of yeah. Casey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need to talk about that, I think. He's still well, just jealous. Yeah. Just couldn't so hear that, but Casey retaliated with, well, yeah. the feed just went off. Yeah, hey, he, um, Jerry's yeah. just mad that Casey had Do a second followers. song for us, would you guys? You once told me that I should write a book one who's misunderstood You should name them after me The root you in The roll of the heroin Saves the poor wretch again Mysteriously leaves Don't sit there all quiet Like you don't know The meaning of your name Sing your song for me, Cordelia You know I've always played your fool And I couldn't love you anymore All those doubts and your little flaws Cordelia, when are you gonna come home? On your open sea, I'm not looking for property, just a place to land. Take to my maps to check my geography. The only place left for me suddenly just left. But I serve up my own sorrow like I don't know. Meaning of your name Sing your song for me, Cordelia You know I've always played your fool And I couldn't love you anymore Know those doubts and your little flaws Cordelia, when are you gonna come home? Oh my, my, I couldn't love you anymore Oh my, my, I couldn't love you anymore Oh now, now, oh yeah I couldn't love you anymore Yeah! That's the Queen City Silver Stars. If you're anywhere near Cincinnati on April 29th, come by the Folk School Coffee Parlor on Elm Street in downtown Ludlow, Kentucky, and you can hear them. Would you guys take us out on Down by the Riverside, and can Jerry join in on the second verse? Yeah, I think we can make that There happen. we go.
Down by the riverside, I said. Down by the riverside, I said. Down by the riverside, I'm gonna lay down my sword and shield. Down by the riverside. You've been listening to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Foolery, recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. Oh, no.